Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Review Podcast, the show that's looking forward to a relegation six-pointer at Anfield tonight. After a tough week, we're back to discussing football, thankfully, and a much-cherished three points as City's players rose to the occasion as the villains beat the villains 3-1. Uh, <laughs> delighted to discuss the match. We've got two big, big hitters in. It's Asan and it's Lloyd. Good morning, Asan. How are you doing? Morning, Howard. Um, yeah, I'm really good. Really good. Looking forward to this. It was yeah. a good weekend. It was a good weekend for the football all round, really. And yeah. 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 Were you surprised at the results Arsenal on a Saturday? Or I guess Brentford are just flying, aren't they? It's not that big a surprise that they can actually compete against all the big clubs as they've shown repeatedly all season. Mm, I think I think the bigger thing for me is that so Arsenal dropping points is fantastic. But having watched um, the Everton game last weekend and then having watched the Brentford game, the more heartening thing for me is that Arsenal look a little bit like they're running out of legs. Um, And that's not to say that they won't get a second wind, but the point is that if you were to compare them to their imperious best from earlier this season, um, they, they they seem down by 20% right across the pitch and so in terms of where we stand now in the title race and what it means for City and all of those things I'm not sure that Arsenal between now and the end of the season go anywhere near the points rate that they went in the first half of the Mm. season yeah Lloyd good morning Mm. good morning how are Um, you I'm good it was a good good weekend of uh of football for us Saturday's results were 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 generally good. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at if you, if you watch the highlights, look at the look at the stats. Arsenal Arsenal lost the game on XG quite comfortably. I thought Brentford were just amazing again. They're just they are so good. Them and Brighton are, are, are absolute joke to be honest. Um, just how consistent they are and how they can show up against the big teams. And then I thought Leeds played quite well actually against. United yesterday, classic leads in that, you know, they play well, create chances and don't score and then obviously just lose towards the end. But no, I thought it was a good good weekend for us. Frank as the next city manager. <laughs> Thomas Frank. Whew. Well I think Deserby has got more of a shout to be honest. I think the way that Brighton wise. play Yeah, just I think the way that the way the bravery with which Brighton play is very aligned with Guardiola's belief system um they both deserve bigger jobs though don't they for for sure but you know i I think there's a wider conversation to be had in that that just like so there's not that many big jobs and actually any club in the premier league is a big job in the sense that because of the talent drain from europe into the premier league because of the fact that there there can only be so the six, what you would consider to be Champions League teams, um, they can all only have squad to 25. So ultimately what that means is that there is going to be a more democratic division of talent right across the league over the coming years because the money is here. So if you play for, you know, like all the lads that Forrest have signed that cause loads of controversy because how can Nottingham Forest sign this guy or why would a guy go from AC Milan to Bournemouth? If you put aside the kind of the emotion of that, what what's happening is that there's a 
the league is becoming much more challenging and being in the Premier League is in and of itself the pinnacle because, as I say, there's only four Champions League teams. There's only six, potentially, you could argue that they're in that fight for, for Champions League football regularly. For everybody else, it's about trying to break into that top six. So I don't know if, like, because I've thought about this, like somebody like Thomas Frank, he, would, he, he was offered the Everton job or Everton wanted him. He's not going to go near Everton. Part of what makes Frank so good is the structure at Brentford and, mm. and the, the recruitment and the working relationship and the understanding he's got with the board, with the players, with the supporters. There's like a symbiosis there that you need to overachieve or to be successful. And if you just take Thomas Frank and his coaching team and you, you drop them into Everton, it maybe will take him three years and he will never get the three years to build what he's built at Brentford. Well, yeah, he joined Brentford in 2018, so, you know, he's been allowed to develop and just build and build and build, but it's one of those you just don't know when they move if they can replicate it somewhere else, but honestly, just so, so impressed with the job he's done there and the way they play, it's just amazing. Mm. Easily for me, whatever happens now, the team of the season, but yeah. I think if, uh, if, if Spurs can't keep Conte, they should, those two should be kind of, looked at definitely for Spurs That's that, that would be probably the right level I think anyway pointless conversation we know Vinny's our next manager so <laughs> <laughs> but Lloyd uh, I should also mention a, a classic weekend I know it's not a Premier League show but uh, a quick minute a classic weekend for referees as well it was oh, <laughs> all in all uh, one of those weekends where you're just like well that was entertaining <laughs> no two ways about it Every big decision was wrong. <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. It was actually it was crazy. I mean it started with started with the Chelsea West Ham game where I was watching that on the telly and even in real time you're like, that is a pen. And then you see it back from the behind angle and then you see it from the front angle, it's like, how have they not given that with the with the VAR replays and then Obviously, a couple of incidents in the Arsenal game, incident in the Palace, Brighton game. I mean, just absolute clangers everywhere. Uh, great to see Arsenal fans forgetting that we had the Rashford-United decision against us and saying that now, you know, that this could be where they lose the title. I mean, look, you know, it's shit and that should never have happened, but yeah. there have been clangers all around the, the league this season. Happy to forget that first half instant when the referee blew for a non-foul as well. And... For Bimo's goal, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, for that Fabinho tackle at Brighton the other week when he didn't get sent off. I mean, there have just been so many absolute howlers recently. I got a patronising tweet from someone with that Chelsea handball saying, hey, you don't know the rules. And it's like, yeah, I know the rules perfectly well. Thank you very much. Sorry, Laws. Slap on the wrist for me there. Don't know the laws, uh, but I know him perfectly well. He was not using his arm there to support himself as he fell. Absolute nonsense. Uh, Shot on target as well. Like, got away oh. one day, yeah. Anyway, right, let's talk City. That's enough of... Uh, it was It was an entertaining weekend. I think it was worth it was. a few One minutes. last thing, just very very quickly. Yeah. Howard, Webb, Howard Webb has called an emergency meeting uh, of the PGMOL officials today because of the significant errors that that went on over the weekend. I, I, you know my feeling on on how bad I feel that the officiating has been in this league, but, and I've, you know, Howard Webb is Howard Webb. 
I don't love him, but I don't hate him. But the one thing I will say is that being seen to be doing something is better than doing nothing and sitting silently. So the fact that they're having a meeting and there will be a conversation and Howard Webb did go on Sky last week and say in future the Rashford thing will be offside, that will be cleared up. Just I feel as though if we get a guy who's giving us some information, it's better than the information vacuum that we've had in the past. Mm. Sorry, Helen. There'll be a few sheepish attendees at that meeting, I can tell you. Can imagine. <laughs> Keep it coming in disguise, perhaps, I don't know. Keeping the heads down. Like. Right. Anyway, City, Aston Villa. Hey, uh, son, I might as well I'll stay with you. Uh, were you looking forward to this match? Were you fired up after the week? Uh, and Pep's press conference, which he covered brilliantly uh, on the bonus pod on Friday afternoon, did, did that help you? come into this game with a completely different attitude that you would have done if nothing had happened during the week and we just had the Spurs lost to think about. Yeah, for sure. I think it goes without saying that the the, the events of the week um, contributed to, I imagine, everybody's feeling going into the weekend. Guardiola's press conference was, was a really good, um, I don't know, like call to arms, whatever it was. It just It felt as though from a supporter point of view, all of the right notes were hit. And so I went into the weekend bouncing. However, my fear, my only fear and my only concern, I talked to Lloyd about this, was just, I've no idea how the players will have mm. reacted. I had no idea when the whistle went, how the players would perform. It's, it's been a weird season for us. And certainly after the World Cup, we've seen in terms of performance, probably more bad than good. And Guardiola questioned the um, intensity and the commitment of just in general, the squad after the Spurs game. And I don't know, I just, the, 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 I had this sense that this goes one or two ways going into the game. Either they turn up and they go, right, we have renewed purpose, or they turn up and they're as flat as ever and we know it and we feel it and then we know there's something wrong. Hmm. Uh, Lloyd, probably no surprise that Pep's violence in that uh, in that press conference, including the embargoed bit, got a great response from City fans hmm. and others outside the bubble. Seemed surprised at a manager supporting his club. Indeed, well, a lot of people, a lot of journos and commentators seem to think Pep was very. I think the phrase was rattled. Um, most people seem to be using him was. Very exasperated. I mean, they must have watched a different press conference to me because that is not that's not the impression I got, not at all. But that doesn't suit agendas. So there we go. Mm. I mean, what were they expecting him to say? <laughs> he could have said nothing. But I just it still just baffles me that so many who work in this sport have no idea what it's actually like to be a football fan. Uh, this... That's kind of that's kind of why I asked Asam the question, which he bristled at a bit about like overconfidence and Pep kind of twisting it in the in the press conference because there's no way I could have perceived it like that. But I just thought there'd be a few people that might kind of, yeah, bristle at what he said and have a problem with what he said, whatever he said. And it actually went further. I've seen, so, I've had loads of people message me saying, have you seen how rattled Pep is? And I think they've just seen some quotes they haven't watched it and, you know, there have been a lot of articles written since that I've annoyingly read. It's just it's, it's just classic of this whole situation. And 
the reporting and why I think City fans have found this and Cass and all this kind of debacle to be so frustrating. I don't think Pep was overconfident. I guess that that's my my overriding take from what he said on Friday going into the game on on Sunday. He didn't, you know, he didn't really. I thought he'd be much more rattled. I thought he'd be much more arsy. I thought he'd be much more um, down in the dumps. And he actually seemed pretty calm and he smiled a lot and he made the points that he wanted to make, but he made them only when the, the room had two choices. They either asked him one question about it and then moved on to the game or they kept asking him about it. And they kept asking him about it and so he answered. So. I'm, I, I shouldn't be surprised, but I was on Friday afternoon uh, and Saturday morning really surprised at the number of people that felt that that was an OTT uh, performance from Pep because it, it really wasn't. I mean, I've seen Jurgen Klopp um, uh, perform in a much more emotional and aggressive fashion having just drawn a game of football, not when the integrity of his entire football club has been brought into question. So, you know... Within the context of that, I'm really fine with the way that Pep was. I mean, people are getting rattled by the panic on the streets of London banner at the match, so it's not a surprise they get rattled by Pep, uh, giving, being bullshit. Uh, you have just reminded me, the memes about Klopp and why they lose games are one of my favourite series of memes. Like, <laughs> we're playing against Wolves, how could humans have any chance in that match? <laughs> we're playing against Brighton and Hove Albion, we can't, we can't beat two teams. Oh, just, <laughs> that's what makes well, Liverpool just... not being at their best yeah. all the better, is these line it's... of memes. About... You know... I... I, I don't want to go... Uh, we did a lot of the agenda stuff last week, but uh, just to, to, re to reiterate what I just said, it, it is quite telling, right, that in the, last, in the last few months, Klopp has put in some incredibly childish and immature press conference performances, yeah? And I have not seen anybody within the media or within the kind of commentating space say that he's rattled, yeah? Mm. And yet Guardiola, who's dealing with something way bigger than just a football team that's failing on the pitch and behaves in a manner where he's actually, you know, he could quite easily have said to Melissa Reddy, well, I'm not speaking to you. He could have quite easily gone to Lady Man, I read what you wrote yesterday. I'm not speaking to you. He could have easily done that. Klopp did that a week ago at James Pearce. Mm. Nobody batted an eyelid. Do you know what I mean? Including the Athletic, who went out of their way to not mention the fact that Jurgen Klopp humiliated their main Liverpool writer in a post-match press conference. So when people talk about... like That's why I did the thread that I did on Saturday morning, because I read Adam Crafton's tweets, and it's like, th we're meant to believe that these are intelligent people objectively commentating on Manchester City when the evidence is that, on the contrary, they're unintelligent people making, taking tribal shots at City from a position of power, which is a media platform. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now 
or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.